1: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Isaac here with Civil Engineering Academy, coming at you again with another awesome episode of the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. Today, I have a special guest that I've brought on. He's actually a previous student of the course we have made called the Ultimate Civil PE Review Course at and uh, His name is Kurt Brown, and Kurt is actually a geotechnical manager uh, with Teradyne. And he's living in California, moved there from Florida area, so he's got a lot of experience in the geotechnical world, working with soils in Florida, as well as California now. So we talk all about it in today's episode. Uh, It's fun to hear his journey to becoming a civil engineer, and has a lot of tips and pointers for those coming up into the civil engineering world. So uh, this is going to be a good show, and it's all coming right up. Hey guys, before we keep going, I want to tell you about the best resource to help study for the civil PE exam. And that is the ultimate civil PE review course that we at Civil Engineering Academy have developed for you. If you need some hand-holding, this is the course to get that will take you from point A to B or Z or whatever you want to call it. What it's going to give you is results. And uh, we developed this from the ground up right from the specs from NCES and gives you everything you need to pass the civil PE exam, practice exams, depth exams, 100, over 150 video practice problems, lecture modules. Uh, a homework planner, equation reference guide. It's all there for you. Go check it out at civilpereviewcourse.com. That's civilpereviewcourse.com. And we have built that from the ground up to help you ace this exam. I promise it will help you. So go check it out. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I just had to tell you about a sweet partner that we have, and that is 99designs. Uh, this place is awesome. If you ever need a logo, you need business cards, you need a website, graphic package, anything that you want designed, you can get it done at 99designs. If you go to our link, which is civilengineeringacademy.com, slash 99 designs. That's the number 99 designs.com. You'll be taken to 99 designs and you can get started right away. You tell them what you need real easy. They can design anything, uh, anything graphically. You work with the best designers. You can either hire a designer uh, individually or you can start a contest and work with a community of designers and they all submit their ideas so you can pick your favorite design. Uh, and then lastly, you finalize your design and you continue working together. So it's really sweet. Um, there's been thousands of people using them. They're rated 4.8 out of 5 stars. Uh, they're around 24-7. They cover 90-plus design categories, everything from an iOS app all the way to wine labels and everything in between. So if you are in the hunt for business cards or maybe you've started your own business and you would like a website, this is a great place to go to get logos, business cards, anything graphic that you want done. So go check it out, civilengineeringacademy.com slash 99designs.
0: This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com.
1: Hey, all right. So I have Kurt Brown on with me. How's it going, Kurt? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good? I like to hear that. Uh, Kurt's got some sweet experience and it'll be, this will be a fun interview for, for us. So, uh, I guess as we begin, Kurt, um, why don't you tell us, I guess a little bit about yourself, how you got into
0: engineering? What, what, what do you do? Well, I grew up in, um, in Jamaica, um, and I, um, I actually started out in surveying school. Oh, love <laughs> um, that. I went, started at the University of the West Indies um, and spent about a year. And I remember surveying. They have these huge surveys that you have to do, cadastral um, geodetic surveys that you go to every mountaintop and kind of try to cite each location to tie everything together. And we were hiking to one of the locations, and I realized I don't think surveying for me. Oh, you're like... <laughs> I was no. hiking with a machete. Um, through some mountain pass to bring equipment like theodolite on the back and everything, and holy cow, um I'm like, yeah, I don't really think survey surveys from you it's always <laughs> I was always in- interested in the sciences um my father was a a chemist, and I wanted to be a chemist, but um my parents kind of nudge me in the direction of engineering they are like it's a good career and that's great. We always have a job and public works and stuff like that. So, so you I started to,
1: in surveying and then that grew into civil engineering from there? Yeah. I okay. transferred
0: to the University of South Florida in Tampa and um, went to school there and um, did a lot of work with the concrete research lab. Um, my, my actually emphasis in college is a little bit different from everybody else's. Everybody always does. Geotech, structural. Oh. I did um construction materials. Wow. Um I worked at the construction materials lab. So we we actually did um F D O T, Florida Department of Transportation research on cement and clinker. Huh. So that's kind of getting in the weeds when it comes to, to concrete and how 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 you grind the clinker and how it affects the setting time the durability and how it it's affected by um aggressive environments in florida wow. yeah like aggressive environments people have houses that are exposed to seawater they get exposed to sulfates um the production of cement itself actually contributes to it not being durable sometimes because um when they burn the, the the raw materials in the kiln, the sulfur, because we were trying to keep the air clean, gets trapped and and it falls back down into the concrete, into the cement and that sulfur later in life, when it meets with other different things, to, turns into um, aggressive crystals that cause spalling and stuff like that. So we oh I did gosh. a whole bunch of a research on that um, and started working at PSI. Um, as a staff engineer, and primarily did a lot of um, regular concrete inspections, structural steel inspections, um, and what else I'm trying to think? For those that don't know what PSI is, what,
1: what's PSI? For those that maybe not know what that is. Um,
0: PSI is a, was an engineering firm um, it's called Professional Service Industries. They were one of the Few national firms out there um, that they had branches in the East, West Coast, and the Midwest.
1: So, pretty big company that did testing. Yeah, uh, that did Geotech. Testing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. So, okay. So then you're into work. Now you're working for PSI, and mm-hmm. that's in Florida. Mm-hmm. And then where did you go from there?
0: From PSI, I ended up working for um, a company called MacTech. Uh huh. Um, a tech is very similar to PSI. It was a national firm. Um, did a lot of, um, concrete material testing. And then I was kind of in charge of a group of field technicians. And, um, from there, actually, I actually went to work for a concrete forming contractor. Wow. So, um, well,
1: you got a lot of experience.
0: Yeah. So we went to, they primary, they only worked on high rises. Um, so, wow. I went to South Florida. We did a couple hotels there, and then the financial crisis happened.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. And that went Um,
0: away? It went away. I remember getting laid off. Um, Actually, most of the people in our company got laid off, and I was kind of out of work for like three to six months, I think. And the only work I could find was um, with Geico insurance. (laughs) Really? Yeah, so I became a medical insurance adjuster for four and a half years.
1: (laughs) You went from engineering to adjuster. Wow!
0: So the the, one of the things that the financial crisis did was delayed my licensing because I needed a certain amount of experience in order to apply. Yes, Um, I was six months short of the experience I needed when I got laid off. Oh no! Uh, With the experience at Geico, they wouldn't let me. Take the exam, <laughs> etc. So it kind of delayed that. I mean, I, I eventually started working for Universal Engineering um, after Geico, and had to. Actually, they didn't even want to hire me as an engineer. They're like, "Oh, you've been out of it for five years, so oh. here's this field technician position." No. Well, I'm like, let me take this pay cut and. Um, Work in the field, but honestly, I I got to work on a really interesting project in um, Saint Petersburg, Florida. They were doing an addition to the um, the VA Mental Health Institute. They start they were building like a big um, psychiatric hospital for the wow. for the VA, and I got to be on that project. Um, so I worked there, and then I, I saw they had an opening for a staff engineer position in Fort Myers, which is three hours south. So So you
1: you got back into engineering. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of lessons right there that you've talked about. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people that might have a gap on their resume, Mm -hmm. um, you can always, you know, my own experience is that you can always find stuff to fill in for that, that gap in terms of a resume, in terms of trying to find a job, but Mm -hmm. you also bring up another Point is that you need that experience under a licensed PE in order to take the PE and 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 receive it. So um, those are things that you need to consider as an engineer looking for a job in different places to make sure you can earn that that PE license. So I think you got some good pointers there. So what do you do right now? What's where are we at now? Right
0: now I'm a branch manager for a small firm in Southern California. Doing so geotech ge- work, geotechnical firm. So, excellent. Um, I prim- I'm involved in marketing, um, getting new work, writing proposals, um, helping, kind of guide the work along. I have a small team of engineers, but that got smaller because of the coronavirus. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. So I'm kind of working with um, with a smaller staff than I was before, and um, we primarily we do a lot of residential work, um, geotechnical soil studies, then geologic studies, um, and we also do material testing. Not as much, but we also do material testing. Wow, um, you wear a
1: lot of hats over there. Sounds like doing a lot of yeah. different things.
0: and that's the thing about smaller firms, and I think that's why this position kind of it I, initially it looked difficult, and a lot of people probably wouldn't take it. But like it it allows me to kind of get a lot of experience very quickly it's trial by fire in a kind of a way like you kind of um you're able to learn the the marketing process and getting clients but then you're also involved heavily in the operations and production part wow. the larger the firm that you work in the more segmented things become and you're like oh i just write Um, section 2.1 to 3.4 and I'd give it to this guy and he finishes the rest. but like in that you have to make sure the product is complete a huge thing and I think that um is not emphasized in school a lot we probably have one class in in writing yes engineers need to be able to write (laughs) yeah it's the most important thing and the second most important thing and which and that's why I don't really regret working in in, at Geico, like doing customer service is that um, customer service is a huge part of being in business. So um, as an engineer, a lot of engineers tend to be very stoic and kind of introverted and it doesn't really sell well. So like if you notice in most engineering firms, they'll have like a team of engineers and they have to hire like a sales guy (laughs) because he has to like be able to tell... (laughs) That's tell, very true. Tell, tell people oh, what to do or actually bring the work in, you know? So wow. I think with my experience, like working in customer service and then having a the technical background, it actually makes it easier for me to, to tell clients what we do. Cause it's like, okay, well, that's what you need to be able to do. Because at the end of the day, you're just selling a service. I mean, right. I think people get into engineering and they don't really think about what the career path is like
1: no yeah well and I think you hit on a lot of tips and tools for like the rising engineer that's still in school is um, a lot of engineers come out of school and they hated having to give the presentations or writing a paper and stuff but the truth is it's probably like mostly what you're doing when you're in work like you have to be able to explain things with words and you know, do a presentation that might make, make sense for a client to sell your services. And uh, I totally agree with you. At the end of the day, we're, we're providing a service to customers, you know, whoever mm-hmm. that customer may be. And so uh, having all of those soft skills, uh, whether you can take a course or practice it or, or whatnot, though, all of those things translate very well into the civil engineering world. So
0: it really those, does. that's good, good advice. Um, Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, those are the things that like I have a a 10th grade high school grammar workbook on my computer that I review because I have to one of the things I have to do is to review other engineers reports. And so grammar, (laughs) grammar, stuff like that. And like, I mean, it's uh, a there's a lot of different things that goes into it. It's not just like running a calculation and moving on with it, you know, right.
1: no oh, that's a great point. Um, I wanted to ask you if maybe you could share a lesson learned um, maybe a mistake that you've seen someone else make or that you've made yourself from a distance that you've observed. Can mm-hmm. you share what that might have been so other engineers out there listening might benefit? Well from-
0: like so we I worked on a project once and it was in um Fort Myers. And it was, it used to be an old historic Methodist church that a developer bought and tore down. Huh. So people were not happy in the community about this project. And there was a developer that wanted to put in a five-story apartment complex. And um, we were on site um, doing soil borings for for this complex. So there were not necessarily not protesters but people keep coming up to you ask what are you doing like why are you doing like stuff like that and i i had a a set of drillers with me that um i wanted them off-site as quickly as we possibly could so we we got down to that particular area is very it's kind of alluvial area it's like off the fort Myers, like off the river um and I think we were at 70 feet and we were still in like just really soft silt wow and um when we bid the project i think we had just bid it to do borings to 50 feet and at 70 feet i stopped and i mean i did the uh, we i wrote the report and this was back when i was writing primarily just writing geotechnical reports delivered it to the client and they were like and it was almost like it was inconclusive because the the engineer that was reviewing it, he was like, well, why didn't you go deeper? <laughs> like, I'm like, well, I need to get out of sight. Well, he's like, well, d- we don't know anything about this site still. Like, <laughs> where's the bearing strata? Where are going to, if if we're going to put this on piles, where are we going to put the, the foundation? <laughs> I like, "Yeah, that's a good question, <laughs> but like, I need to, So I think um, one of the lessons and mistakes on uh, uh, being younger is like, sometimes you get intimidated by like people and situations, but like, I think when you're working on a project, you have to have clear goals and directives. Like what am I out there to try to achieve? And it's not like, Oh, I'm just out there to drill a hole in the ground. No, you're out there to find where the bearing strat is. And sometimes on site things change. And then another thing is to communicate with the clients at the time. Like, oh, not to, that's so, smart. Communicate with the clients at the time, let them know like, hey, we're out here. This is what we found. Um, if we stop here, we're not going to really have any information. We need authorization to go further. Um, and I mean, I think that was my mistake at the time, because I was the one that was managing that project. And I mean, eventually, um, we had to go, we had to go out there with another drill rig, which is significant cost to remobilize and go out there. So how deep did you have to go? <laughs> I think the we ended up finding sand at like 80 feet oh, and not even rock. Right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, so, I mean, so moving forward, and I think um, I've come across that again a couple of different times. And especially here being in Southern California, you will drive 10 miles and you'll run into completely different geology. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, um, so just, communicating with the client. I think that's one of the most important thing, clear goals and objectives and communicating with the client. Perfect.
1: Yeah. I, I communication seems to be always the key. And I know as a new engineer, that's kind of hard to do because you feel like you're just going out there to do whatever you were supposed to do. But mm-hmm. if things don't make sense, you know, start communicating with people and trying to get answers to the things or authorization to move forward on things that you know you need. So, um, I've been in your sh- those shoes before even in my own career so I I remember designing a structure for transmission I'm in the utility world and I just got chewed out by the foreman because I had screwed up um, designing this pole and he had you know 40 years of experience looking at these things and could just pick pick things apart so
0: yeah you I know
1: think- you got to learn sometime
0: yeah, I mean, and sometimes you just learn a like that. I mean, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Especially in geotechnical because you do not, you do not know what you're running into. That's very at all. true. It's a very big What's on the ground? I had a, um, a job one time where we did not do the geotechnical study. We had it from another firm and we were doing um, inspections for ground improvement. And it was supposed to be like a six-story building. And I'm looking at this thing, and the previous geotech had only done CPT, hmm. which is cone penetrometer. Um, there's no sample recovery with that. Just get, in they push south, a cone, south. yeah, and you get like an indication of what's there. And he's like, oh, there's this hard layer right here and all that stuff. I'm like, okay. So I'm, I'm out there expecting, and I'm like, okay, well, the hard layers are on 30 feet, so we'll probably expect to see that. We get out there with the vibro Probe, and um, they did the first hole, and it turns out it wasn't rock. Um, I guess 40 years ago, there was a railroad train oh, station there. They had buried a bunch of railway sleepers underneath the site, <laughs> and um, what we thought was rock was really just garbage. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so like of course client is pissed <laughs>
1: yeah
0: um it's not my fault but at the same time they're like trying to get you to sign off on stuff i'm like no you
1: kind of have to remove
0: all this stuff or replace it. <laughs> we don't
1: know what's in there man i had a a similar problem we were building a transmission line and it was right at butting up against a dump site that used to be mm-hmm. there they had covered it over now and so we had a few borings done. And after they were done, it was like, yeah, the soil's good. They go to put in, I had designed these for vibratory caissons because the soil was really soft and they could just right. plow these in real quick. And then you could bolt your tower on top. And <clears throat> they get down to a certain point and they cannot get through a certain layer of soil. And no matter how hard they've been jacking this thing to get in the dirt. And, um, they ended, they ended up having to modify that but i don't to this day i don't i don't know what is down there uh when you build next to these dump sites and things where people mm-hmm. have left stuff things get a little um unknown what's down, what's underneath the soil so uh that's that's kind of tough what do you what do you think you should do when you're running into situations like that do you got well, to dig it things.
0: up you can dig it up, or you could um, you could use GPR to kind of see what's down there. You're mm-hmm. not going to see a clearer picture, but if there's an obstruction, it will tell you. And then um, you could do like sister piles, like two move to the lateral side and design like a sister pile system. Yeah, that's So smart. I mean, and there's different things that you can do. Like I mean, this particular case, they they ended up removing the upper 10 feet from the site and we found like everything like rebar, like masonry (laughs) blocks. (laughs) Yeah. So like, and that's the thing. I mean, people, and I didn't even realize this. I was talking to an engineer once and he's like, Oh, just go to Google earth, go to the site and go back in time. There's like, yeah,
1: use that history view.
0: Yeah. That history view. You could see, sometimes you will see them dumping trash there and, um, it's there to be seen, you know? It's so. an
1: excellent tool. <laughs> excellent it tool, it is.
0: To use. You point. can go back even further um, on old aerials, um, but they're like in black and white and grainy, but like Hard you can see. go back all the way to like the, the 40s, I think. But yeah. on Google, I think you can go back to like, what, 10 years maybe?
1: Cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember, but sometimes they get grainy to, there too, but you can still kind of see what's going on. No, that's a great tool um i think we've touched on a lot of projects that you have worked on have one of those been your favorite or do you have another one in mind that might be yeah a favorite?
0: well when, when i went over the questions i saw which one so there was a one project i worked on completely like um it was a 30-story high-rise um it was in um, downtown tampa and i was the engineer on site doing the the caissons uh, inspecting the caissons there were i think they were down 80 feet into wow. a lime rock socket so i was out there doing the caissons and then i inspected all the rebar for all the footings and then all the rebar for all the columns and then all the post-tension slabs and i'm measuring all the cables for that so wow i was involved in that for like two and a half years during construction and like all sorts of different things happened during that project like there's we had bad concrete one day, and I mean, just all these different things, and it kind of, kind Sounds, of puts in your role as a. I I don't know what state you practice in, but Florida has a unique um, inspection thing called the 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 threshold inspections. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. So in Florida, there's what they call the threshold law, and certain buildings are deemed threshold buildings. So if it occupies over 500 people. If it's over 50 feet in height, it requires special independent inspection, like for everything. So, like mm. all the footings from the swallows reports, everything needs to be checked on built building separately. And it's a separate engineer license that's only available in Florida. It's called a special inspector's license.
1: I have never heard so of that before.
0: In conjunction with the structural engineer of record, uh-huh. the threshold inspector has also has to review the inspection reports and sign off on the building without the threshold inspector, they can't get a a seal. so
1: huh? i had no idea that was going on i wonder what other states might have that
0: um it seems like it's related
1: to the category of the building
0: yeah it's the it's it's really once you get into a I think when we're doing like here where we're doing seismic classes of buildings, Mm -hmm. certain buildings are certain seismic classes because like um, it's a healthcare building. It's a school it's for public or it's a high rise. that's going to house a certain amount of people. Yeah. Like so every state is different. And honestly, I'm, I'm still learning every day, like the different requirements with different states.
1: No. Well, I think every engineer is still learning. Once you think you know it all, you, you don't. So you know, that's just the nature of it. There's so much to know. Well, that's pretty cool. You got a lot of cool experience. I want to jump into kind of a quick question round with you. Maybe you can answer these as long or as short as you want, but, um, you already talked about this, about an obstacle that you faced becoming a civil engineer. Uh, Mm -hmm. would you rate that getting that PE license was high on that list for you? Or is there another obstacle? Was school hard? No, I
0: think getting the PE license was very challenging. Um, it was very challenging just uh, having to wait the extra four years, you know, <laughs> to get yeah. it. And that made it really challenging. I think I uh, mean, it, it's definitely rewarding. So I, I know there are some engineers that think it might not be worth it to get the PE license, but it definitely is.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, well civil engineering Academy is basically built to help people get their licenses mm-hmm. and help you become a professional engineer. So, um, yeah, and you took a course from us,
0: right, Kurt? Yeah, I took a course when I was um when I was taking my license getting prepared for it. It's been what ten years since I've been out of school, so cool. I needed some definite a little um, boost refresher. Yeah, <laughs> definite refresher.
1: Well, that's awesome. If if anybody needs that course, you can go check it out. We created it. It's called the Ultimate Civil PE Review Course, and that's uh, the website for that is Civil PE Review Course dot com. Go check that out um how about this what's the best advice you've ever received or just good advice in in general
0: um well i mean i I i've over the years i've worked with several different engineers and several different advice but i mean the two complete the two biggest things as i said earlier was you have to know to be to communicate and you have to know what your objectives are yep so like when you're looking at the project Figure out what your objectives are. If you don't know, you need to talk to somebody else. And don't be afraid to ask questions. I mean, you don't know everything. yes. Um, so don't be afraid to, to reach out to somebody else. You know, I'm, I'm, everybody works in companies. I'm sure they have a chief engineer or somebody who, like, has more experience. Than you and They should be able to answer that stuff really quickly. For sure. There's no way to, have, to know everything without getting any experience.
1: Yeah, good point uh how about this who's someone you look up to and why
0: hmm. that's a hard question i don't know I, you know honestly i i think and this is this might sound a little odd like recently it's been elon musk <laughs> oh really yeah like i think um he is probably the i don't know if he's an engineer by training but i think he's the ultimate problem solver like i think he's the type of person that sits down and looks at um what problems are and how he could provide solutions i mean it might not always be the greatest idea in the world but i think he's definitely making headway like i don't know if you heard of the the boring company
1: i have yeah yeah
0: so he's like he he's built a tunnel in 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 l.a where you could drive underground you know like
1: i didn't know he already built it
0: yeah he has a test tunnel already completed so i'm behind the times here I think he's a great
1: example. I think he's definitely a problem solver. I love hearing about what he's doing and what he's working on and all the stuff he's doing. It's, it's boggles my mind, everything he's involved with. It's, it's awesome too. So, um, you know, he's, I think he's got resources to do it. He's got a mind that works that way. And, um, he's fun to learn about. So good, good one. Uh, how about this what's a, a good resource that you would recommend for the civil engineering academy community and uh, maybe why you think it's a good one
0: honestly i've i've been um using and there's this website called scribed mm-hmm. and on scribed you could get like all these ebooks and stuff like that but also people could upload like documents and um different like books and stuff like that and it's been a huge resource like yeah, this engineers funny all mentioned over the that. world.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I use that myself. In fact, I use it to listen to books um, mm-hmm. as well. Um, there's a book I'm actually listening to right now. It's called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's on Scribd as well. But um, it talks about negotiating. And this guy was like a hostage negotiator. And oh, so he...
0: I think I heard of that. Yeah, yeah
1: it, it's a fascinating book to learn... Uh, some of the tips he has in there for, for negotiating. So scribed is a great resource. Um, I just talked about a book, but do you have any books you recommend for any engineer or the
0: community? You know, one of the books that uh, there's an author that I really like, um, he wrote a couple different books and a lot of them are human natures. You've heard of Robert Green. Uh,
1: I have, but I'm not familiar with his
0: books so he has one called the 48 laws of power okay and some of them are a little bit outlandish and might seem weird but like i've listened to his book several times the 48 laws of power he also um has one on mastery and one on human nature wow and it, it kind of is a he does this thing where he, you analyze people's behavior and kind of try to figure out the way they're thinking. And it's very useful in business. Um, especially in like the marketing world, trying to get projects or even sure. trying to get competitively ahead. I mean, the 40 Lives of power or some, I think a lot of rappers like to, to reference it, but like, I think it has applications across the board. Like,
1: okay. Well, I'm going to link that. We'll put it in some show notes and make sure people know about it. Go check that out. 48 laws of power. Um, this is a fun question. I like to ask people, but if you had all the knowledge and resources in the world, what's something you'd like to be part of in in the civil engineering world
0: or in anything, I th- really? I think high-speed rail. I mean, I think this country is begging for a high-speed rail system. There should be a train that runs beside I-10, from the east coast to here that would be awesome and that would be amazing like you could just hop on that train in like jacksonville and get off in san francisco yes and a bullet train that goes like 400 miles an hour I, i'd love to be i remember um i think there was supposed to be high speed rail in florida but when i was there um and we were involved a little bit in uh, initial borings but uh. the track was supposed to run along i4 Um, one of the tracks and I guess the project got shelved because of funding or whatever. Dang it. Definitely high speed rail. Well,
1: let's get Elon Musk on that so we can get, uh, (laughs) get this thing built. (laughs) I would love that. I would love that. Um, Well, I think you've shared a lot of tips with us today. I know I've learned a lot. Is there any last piece of guidance or uh, a best way if, if somebody wanted to communicate with you, to get a hold of you if they had any questions maybe even about becoming a geotech engineer because that's kind of where you're at yeah like
0: so i am um i'm on just i have my email on gmail or i'm on instagram as well on facebook so or linkedin I mean, I, i'm on linkedin as well yeah check out kurt
1: I, brown go find him
0: so you could reach out to me there and i mean i'm more than willing to help anybody i mean i know how i felt growing up as a when I was a young engineer and I'm, I'm, I still consider myself a young engineer. So.
1: Yeah. Well, you got guys in school and I'm sure they're looking for mentors too. So if you have any advice, you know, take Kurt's offer and reach out to him if you're, especially if you're looking to go into the geotech arena, I think you bring a lot of experience already. You've worked on some big projects um, and all of that is very, uh, I think important to people. So. I think that's great. Well, Kurt, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And, um, uh, yeah,
0: that
1: was really great. We'll talk to you later.
0: All right. Sounds good. All right. See ya.
1: All right. Bye. Hey guys, as we wrap this up, I just wanted to let you know about one last resource. And that is if you are in the hunt, to study and pass the civil FE exam. We scoured the internet for you and recreated a awesome guide. And uh, the guide that we have is called the best civil FE resources. And if you go and check this out, if you go to slash best fe resources you can go sign up for that. It's completely free. We've created this guide, scoured the internet for you to point to you in the right direction for all the best free and paid uh, resources that are out there for you so go grab that it's completely free com slash best fe resources i promise you it'll help you out in your studies and uh, passing that fe is a huge milestone on your way to getting a pe and beyond so go check it out guys and we will uh see you in the next one bye